Log Talk Radio. Ray and Tay today. Yes, Sports Radio's on, talking sports with friends, and you know we got it on from the NFL to the NBA, MLB and college shooters do it all day, college football, we know who's number one, understand, on the phones, you know we get it done, so call in 718-664-9098 and we'll give you more. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You're listening to Ray and Tay today, an early version. And I'm Ray, Tall Rayside. And I'm Tay, Eric Taylor. We're back after some technical difficulties yesterday that we had nothing to do with. So, hey, we're here. Let's talk some sports. Give us a call, 718-664-9098. Like always, rayandtaytoday at gmail.com, rayandtaytoday.com. And, uh, you know, a quick little 30-minute show, and we're going to probably take a little vacation and see you back in two weeks and maybe jump in if some crazy stuff happens with the Olympics and sports. But, Ray, a little bit off the field before we get into the NFL stuff, tell us what happened. We got a couple of trades in baseball. Obviously, the other day, Chapman went to the Cubs from the Yankees. What just happened with the Padres and Marlins? The Marlins making moves or what? Yeah, the Marlins get Andrew Kastner and Colin Ray from the Padres for a bunch of prospects. So Marlins are on the fence. They're going for it. Buyers are sellers, and they decided to be buyers and go for it, and good for them. Andrew Kastner uh, definitely was in high demand. And you know what? Good for the Marlins. Remember, this is a team that won two championships and then was blown up right afterwards. So (laughs) I hope that they uh, have some good baseball down there in South Florida. Well, especially with the young talent they have and Fernandez and and Stanton and, you know, you feel as if the fans with that new park, they deserve a, a playoff berth. You know, it's funny because teams like Yankees, they want World Series. They don't want a playoff berth. And now after trading Chapman, they're saying they're not going to go and trade Beltran and Miller. But the Nationals are, you know, sparking up some serious offers. The deadline's on the 31st, which I believe is Sunday. And the Nationals are trying to get Andrew Miller. So I ask you, Yankees are in a weird spot because they're not totally out of the wild card race. But don't you think it's time that they, you know, maybe you don't give up Batances and Miller and Chapman. Maybe you keep Miller and, and Batances for the future, right, because that's your setup and closer. But do you think it's time to sort of bring in more youth like they did with moving Chapman and maybe move uh, Beltran? Or do you think they even go ahead and move Miller if the Nationals just bring a blow them away with an offer? What do you think the Yanks should do? Well, remember the Yankees won four out of five championships from 96 to 2000, not in any small part because of John Wetland, Mariano Rivera, um, and the two, uh, Mike Stanton, and uh, who was the right Soriano. Yeah. No, Soriano um, said not. no uh, Ramiro Mendoza and uh, the other Mendoza, guy, uh, yeah. uh, Jeff Nelson, right? Yes, so you got to have. So Yankees have shown seven, that eight, the bullpen yeah. is key. And look at the Kansas City Royals. You know, almost won a World That's Series two years won. ago, won the World Series last year. So I don't know that I would break up Miller and Batanzas unless you're blown away. But I would definitely put everybody else, and certainly anybody over 30, uh, on the trading block. Because yeah, this Beltran, team is not Gardner. going anywhere. Beltran is gone. 
If for me, if if it was my you know my decision, I'd even prospects for Carlos Beltran. I mean, he's doing great, and for for his own good. I mean, he would love to play in the playoffs, I'm sure. So if you found if he found himself on a contender, it would be a win-win scenario. I love what they did with Chapman. If they could do that also with with Carlos Beltran, great. Like I say, Miller, you'd have to blow me away. The offer would have to be so great. Yeah, it'd be hard for me to give up my two relievers when I know, look, pitchers can get hurt. And if you've got Miller and Betances, either one could be a closer and either one could be a setup in the and seventh they're and eighth. So right. why, they're perfect combo. Perfect, exactly. So why even touch that and mess that up? So obviously, you know, things are heating up with baseball, and um, it's good. It'll be fascinating to see. You know, things start really moving after the trade deadline, and then, you know, you get the home stretch and the rosters extend in September. And, you know, so it's going to get exciting. And right now, though, well, it's training camp is starting. But let's talk real quick before we get to that. Let's little basketball. Ray, I mean, look, there's a lot going back and forth with Durant and Westbrook, and it's looking like more of a unhappy marriage and divorce that I guess had to happen kind of this one didn't tell me this this one's angry this one's like "Ah, I don't need him but at the end of the day you know it's fascinating and I just wonder will Durant Curry and Clay Thompson I think Draymond Green's fine but will those three guys how will they handle being uh, the the villains, you know, you know, we talked last show them getting booed in the Clippers arena with the Olympic team, you know, how how these guys gonna you know handle that, and um, I don't know, it's, it's no big deal, but it's just one of those, I guess, good thing for the NBA, right, that they are still getting headlines in July and August, basically, um, and that's something that the NFL has done all year round, and NBA starting to have a longer off season each year, Ray. And we know next year's free agency is going to be just as crazy as this year with a little bit of a financial boost and then big names like Chris Paul and Russell Westbrook and, you know, Durant and, you know, I mean, mean, LeBron, you know, free agents again. So um, what did you think about David Lee? Two years signed with the Spurs. Not bad, huh? If he still got something left in the tank, that's a good team for him. And it's a good matchup. Uh, you know, he he can play stretch, he can go inside, he can rebound. He's probably a little bit uh, more athletic than David West. Uh, but basically he's And they lose the Boris Diaw as well. So they kind of had to, you know, they kind of had to, you know, they brought in Gasol and, and Lee. Yeah. Yeah, and they lost, well, of course, the, the GOAT, right? But that's not bad. You know, if you lose West, Diaw, and Duncan, you got to bring some guys back. And I think for them, LaMarcus is going to be a, a big cornerstone of you know in terms of four or five but david lee and paul gasol crafty veterans not great defensively but both can rebound and score so i think uh you know that's always going to be a big help and ray we gotta salute and say a happy retirement to uh, a great player in amari stoudemire and we know he had the injuries but for a while he was in the western conference night in, night out, banging heads with Garnett, Duncan, Rashid, you know, some of these different power forwards that have been around. He's obviously a little bit younger than them, but Amari had Phoenix right at the cusp 
of getting to an NBA Finals and, you know, for different reasons didn't make it. And he did step up and take the money to be a free agent with New York when nobody was coming to New York and played an MVP level for, you know, that's pretty much that season and definitely the first half of that season. What are your thoughts about Amari, his chances of the Hall of Fame, and just his career with the Suns and and, and Knicks? So here was a guy who came from high school and had all the athleticism in the world and developed, still developed a game. He developed a, a really impressive offensive game, almost akin to a Patrick Ewing, who came in yeah. and was just a defensive guy, and everybody knew about his block shots and his rebounds and whatever, and he became a very good offensive player, Patrick Ewing. So Amari Stoudemire became, despite his athleticism, where he could have been like, uh, you know, an Antonio McDaniel, uh, not Antonio McDaniel, yeah. the, um, Tony McDyess, sorry. He actually developed a real legitimate offensive game, could shoot, could could high post. Uh, you know, so great transformation and, and use of your talent. Is he a Hall of Famer? Borderline. You know, because of the injuries, because of, you know, what happened, he probably, I don't know if he had enough dominant seasons, uh, but he when he was good, he was really good. He was a problem, as they say. So, Excellent player, short-ish career, uh, especially dominant, right? Because the last three, four years hasn't been dominant. Ever, ever since Carmelo no, came to New York, it's been injuries were too much. Fell yeah. off, then the injuries, and then obviously back to Dallas and, and Miami and whatever. So, don't know very about good a Hall career. of Famer, but yeah. very He's, good he, career. He should have been in our episode career. of... Almost Hall of Famers, right, with the baseball players. I think he's an almost Hall of Famer. And that's okay, you know, that not everybody gets to Right, we have you know, to make actually, this club exclusive, right? We can't let everybody. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and, and that's all right because I think, you know, like we both said, he was a great player. And you said it best, he really transferred his game. I mean, he did not come in having post moves and this and that. He was just fast break dunking. And then he kind of became an unstoppable scorer, I mean, and, and became a, a pretty good shooter, started to hit some threes at the end. So I, I give him kudos for really improving his game. But now heading to NFL and training camps. First, congrats to uh, the Vikings giving Zimmer a contract. We know Snyder and Pete Carroll for four years and Pete Carroll for three more years, so he'll be coaching to 70 or 71. But the Vikings giving a raise to their guy, Zimmer. What do, you, what do you think about him getting that extension, moving into the new building? I think it was the right thing to do and a, and a smart move for them. Uh, the Vikings, I think they're headed in the right direction with that organization, don't you think? I think so. I think that Zimmer definitely deserves what he's been getting. He was a defensive corner for many, many years and eventually got his chance and did fine. I think the fortunes of that franchise are with Teddy Bridgewater. And, you know, I haven't always been a Teddy B fan. But in terms of Mike Zimmer, definitely deserves all the accolades and definitely deserves to be taken care of. And you know what? That Minnesota Vikings team is set up for success. Now they got a Defending division, uh, NFC division champs, right? Sure, sure. They took it to Green Bay that last game of the season and beat them and won the, you know, won the division. So good for them. So if you're a Viking fan, you got a new stadium, you got some stuff to look forward to. That's, well, that's and exciting. let's be honest, they had the Seahawks, Ray. I mean, it's a field goal. Blair Walsh just, you know, 
that that's a hard cup to to swallow for all Viking fans, but they 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 really had him. They really had him. But we're going to get into our top 10 quarterbacks going into 2016. But first, we got to talk about maybe a top 20 quarterback. But he's our guy, Ray and Tay's second favorite team. They brought in Ryan Fitzpatrick finally for the start of training camp. He's back one year, $12 million. I mean, there's some reports that's going to work out to like a $3 million, I mean, three-year deal with only the first year guaranteed. I don't know how, you know, it's all funny money with the NFL. But he's going to get one year definitely with $12 million and incentives if they win and get to the Super Bowl of $15 million. I think that's right, and I'm happy for him, and they needed him. We both agree Gino is not. He's the backup, but sort of, I've got to ask you, what are your thoughts on that? But they're not going to camp with four guys. They're going to see if they can release one and see if he can get to the practice squad. My bets, that's going to be Bryce Petty. What are your, what are your thoughts? Yeah, you're probably right on that. Uh, look, this is where – it, it, it baffles you a little bit. If you were going to end up – now, you never know this in negotiation, but if you were going to end up at one year $12 million, why did it take four months? And why did it take all this <laughs> angry bitterness on both sides? Because now Fitzpatrick's bitter, and the players sided with him, and there was a little bit of a rift with the players and everything. And so you almost say to yourself – I guess nobody's really happy with this deal. Maybe the Jets are happy because I got to think he's, he's think underpaid he, you know, for a with starting quarterback. With his fancy quarterback. haircut, he kind of he, he he said the right things. I don't know if you saw his fancy new haircut. <laughs> he's got a haircut <laughs> like the young kids, that. man. He's got you know this little fade on the side, the happens, hair flowing. Up. Some people in New York are getting seven, eight hundred dollar haircuts. I just think that's outrageous. But that that's a whole well, other story. Everything in New York is outrageous, Ray. You know, I love my hometown, but you know that. Come on. That's just, you know, I mean, they, people spend $300 on a, on a doggy bath. So, come on. I mean, <laughs> the grooming of my pet, Fluffy. So, but I think to keep Marshall and Decker happy, Forte, oh, it uh, was a, must a do, top yeah. defense, this was a must because let's remember, and we're about to get into quarterbacks, and there's a gentleman by the name of Tom Brady who will miss four games. And I think the Jets' first five games are brutal, and this is an opportunity if you've got your guy to say, you know what, maybe we just can get a one-game difference and we can win the NFC East if we keep our team intact. Now, they did lose uh, – Damian Harrison went to the Giants, and he was a big guy on the defensive line. But, you know, they've got the Leonard kid, and they've got, you know, Mo Wilkerson and, and, and Richardson after the suspension and all this. But they've got studs, and this team is ready to win now. And we've seen lesser quarterbacks win a Super Bowl, Ray. I'm not saying that the Jets are going to win the Super Bowl, but Fitzpatrick – is good enough to do it if Brad Johnson and yada, yada, other guys are. It's about the running game and the defense. So I think the Jets are in the right position. So training camp has started. Um, everybody will be officially in tomorrow. There's like six or seven more teams. You know, some guys came in today, like the Cardinals, but there's still six more teams or so to go for tomorrow. It will be official. Everybody's in training camp. And I think you have the Packers and Colts in the Hall of Fame game. But – the drive for the Super Bowl is officially on and it's beginning. And I guess my question to you is, 
give me an AFC team and an NFC team that are feeling the most pressure to win and to get back oh, to the Super Bowl. Boy. When they when they come to training camp today, they're like they're feeling that pressure. So I'm not making predictions right here. But right, right. No predictions. I'll just, just, I'll just throw a couple. I'll just throw some a couple, right? So New England Patriots, right? Self imposed pressure. They want to make the Super Bowl. Anything less than that is a disappointment. So that's one team to keep an eye out for. Obviously, for four games, they won't have Brady, so we'll see how that pans out. The Denver Broncos, team that has a great defense. Basically, the defense carried them. Uh, they had an aging Peyton Manning, who was probably 60%, 70% of himself, and then Brock Osweiler. So I'm sure they're putting a bunch of pressure on themselves to see what they can do in the post-Manning era. Uh, those two teams definitely uh, are, you know, Vegas is, is probably looking at them too. Um, in terms of the NFC, you got to think the Packers feel like they have the best player in football. And every year they're, they're a player or two away from going deeper in the playoffs. They haven't been to the Super Bowl since the one they won. That was seven years ago. It's a long time. So in Packerland, I'm sure they're talking. They're talking Super Bowl, and you got to figure the Seattle Seahawks, who have been to the Super Bowl. Uh, they didn't make it last year, but the two prior years. So they probably think, you know what? Over the last four or five years, we're the best team in football, let alone the NFC. So our goal is the Super Bowl. We did a little bit of shuffling. We brought Jimmy Graham in. We, you know, traded our center. We, you know, we're trying to figure out what's going on. Marshawn Lynch retired. So we've got a, a little bit of a new look, especially up the middle on offense. But our goal is the Super Bowl. So I think those guys right there, not as other teams as well, but I think those four are definitely kind of Super Bowl or bust. You know, and it's fascinating because I think a lot of pressure in NFC is on the Panthers and Cardinals for the the, the two teams that were right there, uh, you know, in the NFC championship. And the Cardinals have spent a lot of money, a lot of uh, veterans, draft picks, uh, an aging receiver and quarterback, contracts coming up for next season, making the big trade for Chandler Jones. And I think they believe, you know, they come off this uh, great documentary with Amazon and NFL Films, All or Nothing, and they're starting to get that national hype and that national pub. And I believe the Cardinals and then, of course, the Panthers, what they did last year, MVP for the, maybe the new face of the NFL and Cam Newton and having Kelvin Benjamin back and that pressure to see, look, for the Cardinals, can we get over the hump? Tyron Matthew, can he come back healthy? Um, for the Panthers, can we do it without a Josh Norman? Can we, you know, repeat the success of, of Riverboat Ron and Cam Newton? And this is going to be one, you know, heck of a season because NFC East is better. Packers got Jordy Nelson back. Vikings are improving. The Cowboys look like you know they're a mess, but they're going to be healthy again, and they were challenging two years ago. So, you know, Seahawks, all these guys. I mean, so there is six, seven, eight teams that feel like, hey, we can go for it, you know, in the NFC and the AFC. You know, you're right, the Broncos and Patriots, I think there's pressure on the Steelers, even without Martavius Bryant. You know, they're, they're feeling we're getting older, but our defense is sort of coming of age and our 
weapons if they can stay off the the weed and, and play. But Le'Veon Bell well, and these guys. What's going on and, there in Pittsburgh? Well, he's going to appeal. He's going to appeal for the missed test. We'll see what happens. But they potentially are the most explosive offense in football. And then I think there's pressure on Andrew Luck. You become the highest paid quarterback and player in NFL history, Ray. You got pressure and played horrible last year before the injuries, got injured. There's pressure on the GM and the coach, even though they got, you know, new contracts and they're not, you know, being let go, which many people thought both of them should have been. And, um, you know, and Greg Grigson and, and, and the coach. But I think uh, the pressure's on luck. You know, are you the boy genius? Are you the boy wonder? Because everybody said you were this, that, and the third. And last year, you, before you got hurt, you, you didn't look so good. And now you've gotten paid, and you've got to step up and do it. So this is going to be a fascinating season, and I am hyped and can't wait. Ray, let's talk about it. We haven't talked that much about it off air. Maybe we go from 1 to 10 with the quarterbacks. Just going into 2016, and this has got to include Brady missing the four games, for me at number one, I would have to say the best quarterback I think going into this season is going to be Aaron Rodgers from the Green Bay Packers. I just think that's who he is. He didn't have the great season last year, and he's got the Jordy Nelson and the tight ends and the anger and everything to come back. Eddie Lacy yeah, looks no good. Yeah, no argument here. He's been the yeah, best player so in the game that's, the last that's, five years. That's, that's the number one. For two, we might differ, but I'm going with Killer Cam because I don't think last year was a fluke. And I think everybody slides down, just like when Jordy Nelson comes back, you know, Cobb goes to two. Well, Benjamin comes back, and he's big at the goal line. Might take away some of Cam's rushing touchdowns. But, look, Cam had, what, 35, 45 total touchdowns, 35 passing. He had a great season. We know Ted Ginn probably dropped about four or five of them. So I just think Cam, it, it's his time. And he's not going anywhere, and his greatness, his decision-making will only get better. I got him number two. Cam. <laughs> so, you know what? And I drafted him. Everybody laughed at me in, in fantasy, but I drafted him. I gave Cam yeah. a little love. Yes, you did. I don't know if Cam's uh, – I think Cam is going to have a, a little bit of a slump. Um, I feel like he's going to – Defense he's gotten better every year him. of his career. Every year he's well, gotten better. He has, but but to say he's the second best quarterback in the league means that he's got to be consistently doing it, and I'm not sure that he will. I I gotta still say it, it, this is old school, but I gotta still say Tom Brady. Now it'll only be 12 games, but I'd okay. rather have Tom Brady in those 12 games than just about anybody else other than Aaron Rodgers. I mean, the guy just finds a way to do more with less on the outside for sure, and then up the middle and in the running, uh, you know, running back by committee is good. Uh, receivers on the outside are just okay, and obviously up the middle, now that they have Martellus Bennett and Gronkowski, they're just going to be setting all kinds of records for two tight end sets. But i, I got to still say Tom Brady until, uh, you know, and I've knocked him for the last three, four years, but until he puts up that, egg of a season Tom Brady's the second oh no he's gonna be great I'm just saying in 12 games you, you definitely missed right. out no, and I don't think point. Jimmy it's G how do you account yeah. for those four games that he's gone yeah well for me at number three I'm gonna go with Big Ben I think he he's turning the corner he's in his sweet spot and I think 
this guy is in such a groove and command of this offense, having what this will be his fifth year with Todd Haley, and it's just, you know, bombs away. And I think, yeah, missing Bryant will, will hurt a little, but I think one thing you're going to see, Ladarius Green's a little bit faster than a, and reliable Heath Miller, and maybe they get something going there. He's going to miss Heath Miller. But I think Sammy Coates and Marcus Wheaton are, 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 you know, we've seen Wheaton has improved, and I think Coates will improve. And I just think, you know, Darius Hayward Bay can stretch the field and will do some things. But I think Ben overall, he's not throwing the bad interceptions as much as he used to. And if he stays healthy, he's he's my guy. So who you got three? Yeah, I can't argue with Big Ben, but I'll put Cam up there. I'll say Cam is three for all the reasons that you said. Um, I still think he has a a little bit of a bump in the road potentially when Kelvin Benjamin comes back reinventing uh you know his role in that offense but he's his imagine him and Funches together with Greg Olson that's three huge targets they're almost like the Buccaneers that can only help Cam you know so four I have Brady um everything you said you know he would be number two for me if he was 16 games but 12 games and you know, it definitely affects the fantasy football stats, but it will affect the real stats, too, in real life because they're the same, right? No difference fantasy in real life in terms of what your production is and only having 12 games. So I have Brady there, but he'll be there for the most important 12, you know what I mean? So that's what matters, and they'll make the playoffs again and be running for the Super Bowl because of Brady and his greatness. So who do you got You know for? what I'm going to say? I'm going to say that my man, Andrew Luck, has yeah. a bounce-back year. He's a cerebral dude. He's going to learn from his mistakes. He's going to watch a lot of game film of himself. And, you know, T.Y. Hilton's a very good player. He has a little bit of the drops for a number one receiver. But they're going to put weapons around him. They're going to protect him. And he plays indoors. I just think he's going to have a great, great bounce-back season and earn that big salary. So I like Andrew Luck on a bounce-back as number four. Totally agree with you, and he is my number five. Andrew Luck is going to be a stud. Don't forget Philip Dorsett, and, you know, he's also got uh, Moncrief. So he's got – now Fleener's going on to New Orleans, but he's still got Dwayne Allen. So he's got a ton of weapons. Luck is going to be a beast. Who do you got at five? I got your guy, Roethlisberger. I think Big Ben – at a certain point, kind of like Brady, right? At a certain point, he's going to have that bad season. <laughs> but he hasn't had it yet. He is big. He's strong. He probably takes too many hits. But, uh, you know, he's been able to deal with it. Um, I put Andrew Luck a little bit ahead of him just because Andrew Luck, I think, is younger and can do more with his legs. In Luck you know, takes more hits situation. than Ben, though. And he Ben gets rid of the ball quickly lately. Luck's got to learn to do now, that. He's he does. Copy ben. Luck, yeah. And I think Luck is going to watch a lot of game film. And over the past, you know, the, the games he was injured and now this off season, I think he's going to really mature. I think this comes at a perfect time in his career where he's going to take that next step. But, yeah, ben, Big Ben is Big Ben, right? He's going to throw up pinball-type numbers, uh, you know, numbers that Drew Brees used to put up four or five years ago. Uh, we'll get to him in a, in a couple. But uh, I like I like Roethlisberger, number five. So you said it. Number six for me is Drew Brees. They have to, you know, rework the fact that he won't have Marcus Colson for the first time in forever. Brandon Cooks is a little light in the butt, as you always like to say, but he's gotten some other receivers. Um, it'll be interesting to see 
you know, who decides to step up and help him. But I think Kobe Fleener is going to have one of those, you know, big-time seasons. Him, You know, Benjamin Watson left and went on to go with Flacco on the Ravens. But uh, Fleener and Breeze and Cooks and some of the other receivers, they, I think Breeze is just – he's just great. So they need a defense, but I think Breeze will be the sixth best quarterback. So uh, who you got at six? You know what? I'm going to say Breeze for the numbers would be better, but in terms of winning games, I might put Russell Wilson up there. He finds a way to win games, and he's got some talent around him. Uh, You know, obviously, Beast Mode retiring is, is, uh, is not a good thing necessarily, but you know what? For Russell Wilson's development, I think it's going to mean he's going to have to make more plays, take some more risks. He might have a few more interceptions than, than he's had in the past, but I think that he's shown explosiveness the last few years, and I think oh, he's yeah. going to take it to the next level. And him and Doug Baldwin went off last year, so I think Graham coming back only helps that, and um, he learned how to play without beast mode. So, yeah, I I, um, I agree with you, but I just have him next up at seven. I have Russell Wilson, um, and I sell the same things you said. Who do you have at seven? So I'd say Drew Brees, right? Drew Brees. Yeah. Yeah. So let's go to eight. I got right there Carson Palmer. I think he's going to be healthy, and he'll continue what he did last year, and he's got ridiculous weapons. So that's my number eight for the Cardinals. You know what? Who you got? I, I hate to say You going with your guy, Tony? Ah, because at home I got a call from Tony <laughs> Rome. Rome. <laughs> FBI was tapping my telephone. I when he's healthy, Tony heart. Romo makes plays. And oh, he's great. leads teams, and he wins regular season games. So, mm-hmm. to me, he's the better version of Carson Palmer when he's healthy just because he's more explosive. Uh, so, I'm going to go with Tony Romo. Okay. Well, I um... – I have Tony uh, next. I have him at, at nine because I think you're right. And I think this year having Ezekiel Elliott, if he doesn't have to deal with domestic violence stuff and oh, the Cowboys, did you hear they're getting fined 250000 because they're having three guys suspended on their team and that's like a rule or something? Your team is a mess, man. Jerry Jones has got to stop bringing in delinquents. That's a whole other show. But anyway, so, yeah, I, ha- I have Romo at nine. Who you got at nine? I'm going to say Eli Manning. I think that Ooh. he's found himself yes. from the same high he's school, Isidore Newman High School in New Orleans. He's found himself, yeah. you know, more more than ever, right, more than Victor Cruz, more than Akeem Nix, more than anybody's ever had. He's found himself a compadre in Odell Beckham Jr., and I think that is going to be a dream combination. That's like a Roethlisberger-Antonio Bryant combination right there. So I think that statistics, and he's got a chip on his shoulder, and he wants to prove that he's not fading into the sunset. So I like Eli at number nine. Okay. And I got I to gotta correct you because you always jack up my boy's name, Antonio Brown. You be mixing Antonio your Brown Bryant, and your Bryant. Bryant. <laughs> I was thinking Des Bryant for Tony Antonio I know, Brown. I know. A, a B is my guy too, man. And they're going to maybe try to work his contract out and give him a little money. This is hard, right? At number 10, I've I've got Eli at 10. But, you know, by saying that, that means I leave off – Carr and Bortles and Rivers and 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 Andy Dalton and Cousins and all those guys they're next they're the next six guys probably but to me 
Eli is number 10. And I think Don't Sleep, Sterling Shepard, a healthy Victor Cruz, and Odell Beckham are going to be ridiculous. And I think Eli is going to have a great year. And he's probably a fantasy sleeper. I think Eli is going to be the guy to get in fantasy football if you don't want to go heavy you know, up top and take a quarterback or in the first three. Right. And I, I got to switch it out with your guy, Carson Palmer. I mean, look, he, he plays in great weather, yeah. big, he's strong. He's still got the arm. Uh, his only yeah, knock was that he yeah. didn't deliver in the playoffs. But uh, during the regular season, he was great. Almost an MVP. Remember, we were talking about it. He was definitely a top three or four MVP candidate. He had a great year. So Sure. Yeah. So listen, man, that's a that's a good top ten. We had the same guys in different order, so that that's that's good. Neither one of us. W- what does Matt Ryan and Andy Dalton have to do to get back in there? Because most people would say, "Wow, you guys jerk Matty Ice," but Matty Ice throws a lot of interceptions and and can't handle pressure. And Andy Dalton has never done it in the postseason. What do those two gentlemen have to do? So I think Matt Ryan win, needs baby? a running game. <laughs> Consistently, well, and he that needs now. to trust. Yeah. Now he does, right? We, we, and he just got to trust it. I think he tries to make too many plays. He forces Hero. the issue too much, and yeah. you don't need to. You don't need to. You got Julio Jones. You know, you you'll put some other pieces around him. Uh, you know, obviously you had Julio and Roddy White for many years. That's when you were at your prime, and you weren't really forcing it too much. But I felt like, you know, later on in your career, you're supposed to make fewer mistakes. You're supposed to first of all less. So I got a little disappointed in Matt Ryan, but but he could easily find himself in the top six or seven again, especially because a few of those guys are aging. And then Andy Dalton, Andy. that's the guy I feel for, right? Because yeah. what's he done wrong other than, again, not winning the playoffs? <laughs> but, but he's just been producing. I mean, that Last year was clicking. his best year. we got to give him credit. Yeah, so you could make the argument that, you know, we have some questionable guys, right? We got Tony Romo, we got Carson Palmer, we got Andrew Luck coming back off injury, we got Drew Brees with no receivers. So you could argue that's the one guy, Andy Dalton, that you could argue not only could be in the top ten, but he could be in the top five or six because just statistically he could put up yeoman's numbers. Yeah, you're right. We'll see. I want to see the offense without Sanu and Jones. And then I want to see it without Hugh Jackson because he did great with Hugh. Let's see how Andy does this year. It's going to be a, a big year for Andy. So, look, great show. We're going off for a bit. We'll be back in about two weeks or so. Have fun. We're going to have a great time. Summer's coming. Ray's globetrotting. I got back to school with my kids. And we got the Olympics. So, like I said, we might jump on real quick with the Olympics, but everything will be fun. The men start August 6th, USA, USA basketball. And uh, everybody stay cool in this heat because it's hot. And uh, just be safe out there. Have a great time. And when we come back, we have our fantasy football preview, college football preview, and Right after Labor Day, before the season starts, like September 5th or 6th, our NFL preview, the start of the fifth season of Ray and Tay. Wow, that's crazy. Enjoy. Thanks for listening. Have a great